You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about the undertones the undertones on the line i have rob what's up ben girls don't like it john indeed and kyle hi there the undertones is the 1979 debut album by the undertones released on the 13th of may 1979 on the sire record label the producer was roger beecham and the genre is punk rock and pop punk i'm gonna read from the book chris bryan's Some albums reflect their time and place, and some do not. Back in 1979, few thought of Northern Ireland as ideal. But the album of May that year proved adolescence is the same wherever and whenever you are. Girls, The Weeknd, Breathless Excitement, Big Plans, The Undertones' debut album is an unfettered delight. While much of English punk rock was plugged into fashion and politics, The Undertones had an absence of artifice. TV appearances wearing parkas and sweaters best left at the back of the wardrobe and a black and white cover featuring the band sat on uh, sat on a wall with an image of no image everything was left to the music and so of course to teenage kicks not so fast and the kind of contrary move that characterized their career the track that inspired moist-eyed devotion from the late john peel was included only in the version released five months after this original no matter That just leaves more room for the irresistible balance of Here Comes the Summer, Jump Boys, and Jimmy Jimmy. Of their contemporaries, only Blondie and the Buzzcocks could have rival John O'Neill's ear for great tunes, and no one at all came close to making the impression of Fergal Shark... (laughs) Such a weird name. Of Fergal Sharky's voice. Part warble, part croon. It has an urgency that dovetails perfectly with the verve of true confessions and male model. Less than half an hour after family entertainment kicks off, it's all over, and then you're sitting there with a huge grin. Just put it down to the power of perfect pop. All right, what do we think of The Undertones? Debut. Thumbs up. 16 songs in 29 minutes, folks. Yeah. <laughs> no song over three minutes long. Those dairy boys are bringing it. <laughs> and that's that, uh, six <laughs> under 29 minutes. That's including teenage kicks. So the original re- uh, release was what, like 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have plenty, plenty of uh, room to put that on. I, I think it's so strange when bands, uh, uh, they don't put the single on the album as well. I mean, I know it's they like, want people to buy the single. But... It's, it, is, is it like a, like a, British early pop punk thing. <laughs> or not That's British. what I was going to ask. Yeah. Not it seems to only happen over there. Uh, UK. 
I think it's one of those things, I mean, when you release a a song, you're like, well, I already put it on a single. The album should should have different songs, but they should just include it. Yeah. It's that good of a song. Yeah. What label did this come out on? It's on Sire. It's on Sire. Um, I mean, was the were the singles also released on Sire or was it like a John Peel like put this like Peel Sessions put it out and then they got signed to Sire and then recorded this or was it all recorded at the same time? The the Teenage oh, Kick was weird. before. So it was recorded before. Okay, yeah. So they <laughs> So they recorded their two favoriteest songs and then that got that got them in to be able to make their that makes sense for singles coming out. It is a shame because Teenage Kicks do have the like yeah. the quintessence of their pop punk sound, the harmonies, the claps, the kind of throwback rock and roll, but like with a punk aesthetic. But I mean, the rest of the album is really, really good too. All the stuff that I'd, I'd never heard before. I mean, I'd heard Teenage Kicks, but I hadn't heard any of the other stuff. Yeah, I had a best of album, and I mean, half of it was this record, so I was, I was pretty familiar with this stuff. But yeah, yeah, there's some some stuff you just kind of wish was on here. But um, I loved every song on here, uh, even though you know some of them are short. There's not a lot of variance in like uh, like the time signatures. I mean, there's some, but it's really good. Um, I had a smile on my face the whole time. Uh, it's pure pop punk bubblegum. And that guy's voice is just incredible. He's got a really cool voice. I don't know. Yeah, I it, it's like it's youthful, but also like weary, like world weary. I don't know. I guess my critique with this record, a lot of the songs sound like the same song, but I like that song mm-hmm. and it's short. So like I, I can't dock too many points for that and and like like both of you, uh se- several of you have said at the end of the record i'm smiling yeah you know yeah this, i was kind of wondering oh go ahead rob oh no th- this record was on heavy rotation for me uh th- this and uh the damned um i guess like 2003 2004 i was listening to a lot of this uh going to uh going to lake lemon and swimming just about every day uh, so like I, I have like a weird nostalgic thing that with, uh, with this stuff and yeah, it's, it, it is good summertime music. Just like the song here comes the summer is also good summertime music. I agree with you, Rob. I feel like when I moved to Bloomington, uh, in 2004, I was just handed a copy of this album and then, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's fantastic. Now. Run free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than, uh, I guess. I guess definitely Buzzcocks. Is this kind of like the first like pop punk that we're 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 getting? I mean, it's maybe in that the only line. one. A little bit. I mean, every, yeah. it, you can absolutely dial in like the Ramones are pop. Yeah, punk. the Ramones. To, yeah, yeah, that's true. I know we don't think they of don't that. Get to be the first punk band and the first pop punk band. They can't be both. <laughs> well, they, they they don't give us the, <laughs> Ramones doesn't really give us the harmonies. It's true. That's true. Well. That's fair. Which yeah. is, which yeah, you're is right. what I like. That's where my brain goes with the pop punk. We're trying to emulate the Ramones, like in the cover image, you know, the four guys on a wall in black and white, like the the speed of the songs, the sort of vibe of the songs to a certain extent. Like it's it's very Ramonesy. Um I mean some mm-hmm. some like much more directly like runaround sounds like a Ramones song. But I like the Ramones. <laughs> so I like the undertones. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, is Teenage Hicks the best hot punk song ever written? John Peel thinks so. It's not I don't the agree. best pop punk song. It's John Peel's or was John Peel's favorite song of all time. All time. His favorite song, period. No wow. shit. Yep. Does grab you, though. <laughs> it's a good song. From 1978 <laughs> until his death in 2004, he, he said that it was his favorite song. He said uh, he actually played it twice on his show, and that was the first time he ever played a song twice in a row. Hadn't previously been done. <laughs> they sent it, him a copy, and uh, Shark, uh, Sharky said that uh, our only hope was John Peel. We sent him a copy. That was the only copy we sent anyone. And so it's <laughs> well, just... They, they chose wisely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they chose very wisely. Say, that's, the only copy, that's the only copy they sent because it was the only copy they pressed. Probably. <laughs> uh, there's pictures of John Peel holding it up and it's just the most blank text. It just says teenage kicks, the, the undertones. It's amazing. Wow. He still has That's it. Awesome. He still had it too. When he was old, he has, there's pictures of him. It's amazing. His favorite record. He's going to hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh in, uh, when he died, they actually uh, engraved on his tombstone, teenage dreams. So hard to beat is on his tombstone. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. say though this album really reminded me of the cars i think it's those little touches that the undertones provide that a lot of punk bands don't quite go into that pop territory it's a harmony here it's a guitar flourish or solo there it's these little elements that are like perfectly in in the uh it's just adding spices you know to an already you know poppy fun upbeat song and uh yeah every single song does it it's like i almost look for them it's like i can notice oh that guitar solo that that little harmony or or these little things it's really cool yeah they both definitely have that uh kind of like 50s rock throwback that's and they're not doing it ironically you know mm-hmm. this is a uh, every single song on this record i think is super good yeah when uh when girls don't like it came on, I was like, "This is amazing," uh, because it's making fun of guys and car like guys in fast cars. And if the girls don't like the you know guys in fast cars, then you're totally out of luck. It's just amazing, like throwback to the the early days of like Hot Rods, the Beach Boys, and mm-hmm. talking about cars. And it's like, what if the girls don't like that? <laughs> then you're screwed. <laughs> like you're just alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that both both the undertones and the buzzcocks uh, uh, broach that subject of fast cars. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Suck. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one from the pedestrian angle, one from behind the wheel. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about this record because it. I've listened to it so many times. Like it, 
like nothing is like oh what a what a new revelation <laughs> you know like, yeah it's not it you can't really dig deeper into the meaning of any of this stuff because it is just like teenagers writing pop songs in their garage like it's but but really really good pop songs um i read though that they started in 74 is that correct yeah i was gonna ask how old these lads are uh with this record yeah they started really early uh and then they were uh, they had a couple different names before they settled on the the undertones which came out of a uh school uh i want to say science book a history book and they just came up with that but they yeah they started in 1974 and they and they basically uh were the undertones you know s- starting a band at 1975 just playing the Casbah club in Derry every night yeah exactly i'm glad you brought that up that was a a major uh, that that's where they basically had their regular performance and built their confidence i mean i think we all have who have played in bands it it really helps to have a a staple club that you just go back to time and time again and you get a, a warm reception it's not yeah, difficult a, to play what smedley's dream in indianapolis and then uh there we go what uh what, uncle festers uncle festers in bloomington Melody yeah. <laughs> um, yeah yeah <laughs> rob i think it would i think that you turned me onto this album when we were roommates uh years back uh, around the same time that you were playing a lot of uh, Cox Bar, and Seems so I, I, I always, even though those bands aren't related, I always have like uh, they remind me of each other. Maybe just because uh, we were listening to a lot of them at the same time. Hell yeah, man! Yeah. I wish we were getting some Cox Bar in this book. That'd I don't think cool. that one's going to pop up though. What was that Shock Troopers? Sure is. Yeah, man. It's a great record i'm with you though rob yeah. uh I, I can't really <laughs> dig that deep in to, I, I don't have that much to say about the undertones by the undertones other than it rules and spin it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the song's- it's great i think i think that um this is a record for even people who don't like punk rock would like this record it's so just poppy and like sunny and like i said throwbacky this record on it Anywhere, anytime. Yeah, the, the, that's what I was sort of going to say a, a bit of a lead in, Kyle. It's like the songs by topic and and sound are not get into. There's there's no complex themes, you know, like the music is yeah. great. And there are, like Bert said, some little complexities and harmonies and little tricks and even sometimes some engineering things like a panning sound between the cans. But the themes are like, you know, standard young adult stuff, you know, girls, cars, uh, you know, what about having family fun. entertainment. What's that, Rob? What are your thoughts on family entertainment? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that might buck the trend. That one might one. might change the the attitude a little bit, but you know, it's an outlier. Like for the most part, it's what are they What are they meaning when they say you've got to keep it in the family? Asking for a friend, Rob. <laughs> you, you seem familiar with the album. Uh, What's your stance? <laughs> I've heard that there are some documentaries uh, on uh, on a couple of websites that are all about that. So if you if you were to look up uh, 
Look up family entertainment on uh, certain documentary sites. You might find something. <laughs> some, right. some hubs. There's a hub of information that you might find it on. Maybe. <laughs> okay. He's stuck in a couch. I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this album doesn't have Mars Bar on it, though. Have you guys heard Mars Bar? It doesn't. I love Mars I've got, Bar. All I know is this one, Kyle. Oh so yeah, there's a, the day, man. Yeah, so that, this, this song just about how much they love eating fucking Mars bars. So that may be a point of order <laughs> for uh, American listeners versus British listeners because a Mars bar is the exact same thing as a what? A Three Musketeers bar? We can get Mars or bars, can't we? We can, but they're they're more popular in England, and they're the exact same thing as another one. Are they uh, nougat? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a nougat thing. Hmm. I only had one deep fried at the Chippy in Glasgow once. So I'm not sure. <laughs> if you listen to that song, you will become obsessed with eating Mars bars. <laughs> yeah. That, and, and the time frame they give for eating Mars bars, I think is from 10 till four. <laughs> <laughs> Mars bar time. I love a Mars bar from 10 till four to get me through the day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really interesting, yeah. and they thought that that would be their single. They thought people would go for this instead of Teenage Kicks. Had they not heard Teenage Kicks that they wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this, I do have a star next to this one. This one is my second favorite song. That's oh, a really that's good, a good song. It, yeah, it's and, great. And it does have that interesting yeah. headphone pan uh, in it, mm. and then that, like the pronunciation that he gives to two confessions. Like, it's... <laughs> It's interesting that stretches the word. Yeah, maybe he, maybe they thought it was a, it was doing something a little different, it was a little more talking heads, a little, you know, new wavy or or something that was more modern than the the rest of the, the the material, which is rock and roll. But there's no way. How many you, records did these guys put out? Were they banned for a while or a short they, time? They weren't. They actually broke up pretty early. I think it was eighty. Um, they had Three. hypnotize in eighty, Three. and then eighty three is when they. Uh, they had sin of, sin of pride, and then it broke up, disbanded, and then they got back together um, in the '90s, late '90s, I guess, '99. Um, but I think we're gonna get hypnotized, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool! Oh, wild! Oh, another one. I mean, they were apparently pretty big at the time. Yeah, it's surprising to. I mean, I knew we would get some of these bands. I mean, there's a lot of oi bands, a lot of. The punk rock that's happening around the area at this time but uh yeah pleasantly surprised to get this one i i don't think i've dived into the other one that's that's something i need to do i'm pretty sure mary <laughs> burned me the best stuff oh really yeah well hot dog hot dog that and some sham 69 
Yeah, Sham 69, Slaughter and the Dogs. I mean, Peter and the Test Tube Babies. I mean, all those those bands were were hitting. Um, yeah, we're going to get hypnotized. 1980. Nice. So cool. nice. Next, all right. Next year. Well, I will hold off. I'm talking about the very weird album cover of Hypnotized until we talk about it then. <laughs> Maybe we will hear about Mars Bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to be hearing about some Mars Bars. I look forward to it with bated breath. Oh, oh yeah. I have the quote from here. Guitarist John O'Neill. <clears throat> In 1978, we didn't think Teenage Kicks was the best song. True Confessions was the one we thought people would go for. And we only named the EP after it because we were teenagers and it seemed appropriate. When John Peel played it twice on his show, we were shocked. I came up with the, <laughs> the title. Uh, I was an MC5 fan and they had a song called Teenage Lust. And we used to cover Route 66. So the licks in the chorus, I just made the connection. It was actually shocked that there wasn't already a song called Teenage Kicks because it's an obvi- obvious cliche to be honest i still uh still don't think that the song's that good (laughs) it's the band's (laughs) performance on the record that gives it the special quality we were just in the right age at the right time it's the strength of the voice and the urgency of the drums and the guitar it seemed to capture the moment they also said yeah we tried to make better songs and we always thought we could make a better song than teenage kicks but we were wrong (laughs) (laughs) Teenage Kicks just has a weird timeless quality. It's like uh, Needles and Pins by the Searchers or something. Yeah, there's just yeah, something totally about did. it and the way it's recorded. Like, Yeah, there's something that just transcends rock and roll, pop, uh, youthful energy. I mean, it, it's amazing. I was just going to say Teenage Kicks. I, I like that. I really like that that stepping down guitar riff. Uh, that's what always brings me back. Also, so uh, when they reissued or re-released the album... Uh, like five months later with Teenage Kicks on it, they uh, they updated the uh, album cover. And I like, I, I think the first album cover looks better. I wish the first album cover came with Teenage Kicks. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That first one just looks classic. And I, and I know that they were kind of trying to do a Ramones thing, but it's not so on the nose that it's on the nose, you know? Yeah. Ramones don't own the brick wall black and white photo. This video I showed you guys a few times. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about almost every band on here except the Boomtown Rats now. Um, oh, they're coming. Oh, wow. Are they coming? Okay. Yeah. Um, Teenage Kicks, the first time I heard it was off this video. It was a live cut. Cool. And it's really good. Good life. Fantastic. Cool. Kyle, for those of us who can't see, yeah, which is everybody who's listening, the, the punk uh, VHS. VHS of uh, uh, just a, a, an album of a movie called Punk. Yeah, or, it's just called Punk. It's got like a Malcolm McLaurin quote on the front. Um, when did it come out? It was released. I want to say it was put out in the 80s. Let me see. Uh, 92. It's released in 92, but it's all um, like late 70s UK punk shows. Uh, yeah. So you've seen the Banshees, Iggy Pop, Buzzcocks, Clash, uh, Undertones, Penetration, The Jam, Sex Pistols. I was going to say the song Listening In, when I listened to it the first time, I was getting the Waitresses uh, Mm -hmm. uh, song for for a minute because it's it's close to uh, the holiday song. Uh, Christmas wrapping? Yeah, that's right. Christmas wrapping. We don't need to go around the room, right? Everybody's on the positive for the undertones. 
All right. Next time we'll be talking about The Clash, London Calling. <laughs>